Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see you here this morning. Please stand with me one more time as we just open up in prayer. You'll be sitting a little while, so uh, it's always good before we get into the preaching just to have you pray a little bit again. Father, we thank you for this amazing service. Not only does your word say where two or three are gathered together in your name that you find yourself in that congregation, but you come because you love us. And we've enjoyed your presence throughout the service already. Lord, you've opened our hearts to your word. We ask that you give us the grace to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. It's true, in 1998, my life was changed with the understanding of the New Covenant through the preaching of David Wilkerson. It's never been the same, and since that time, I've made it uh, my constant study to explore almost all the aspects through the, new, the lens of the New Covenant. And so we, we talk a lot about the New Covenant. In fact, the church in Geneva, we see that we are making this now part of the foundation as we move forward, which is, which is phenomenal when you, when you understand that this is a, a church based on the UN people who come to the United Nations, thousands all over the world, and now we're basing on this new covenant, and these folk will be going back to their home countries in due time, taking the message with them. So we see it as a very key moment in the life of this church called Crossroads in Geneva. Now, one of the questions that we get asked a lot when we preach on the New Covenant, because really it's grace-based. And so from the New Covenant, we see and teach a lot on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we get a lot of questions with, well, how does God deal with His people in the understanding of the new covenant or under the new covenant when they stumble, when they fall, when they get involved in something that seems to escalate and before they realize it, they're captivated by something that they can't get out of. How do we deal with this? How do we look at it through the lens of the new covenant? Do we just wink at it? And move on and say, well, you know, because they say to us, and we understand that, you know, in the new covenant, these are the things that they say. Well, if Jesus has dealt with all sin on the cross, past, present, and future, and if when he said it's finished, there's nothing more to add or subtract from this brilliant new covenant, well, on the day-to-day basis, how does God deal with us? Is it just by revelation? And if we don't catch the revelation, then we kind of like... Are we on the outers? How does God deal with his people? And so we're gonna, I'm going to paint two pictures for you today. I'm an artist, and so in the natural, I'm an artist. I love to paint, love to get on a canvas and paint. I'm going to paint two pictures for you today, one out of the Old Testament, and then I'm going to go into the New Testament and give you another picture as well 
on this. And the, the, the area that I'm taking is iconic in the Bible. It's the birth of Esau and Jacob in the Old Testament. Now, we, we know the story about them is that Esau was basically born first, and so he becomes now the inheritor of all that Isaac the father has, and Jacob was born second. They're twins. But since Esau was born first, he gets the birthright. He gets the blessing from his father. And, uh, and there's a third thing that I'm going to come to in just a minute. And so you've got this amazing story of these twins. The one is a hunter. Esau's a hunter. And uh, Jacob is a little bit more of a homebody. But he wants, the thing with Jacob is he wants this inheritance from his father. Now, the inheritance, what he was going to get was basically you know, two-thirds of the family's wealth, which included finances, livestock, possessions, and land, and that he would also, with that, inherit the title that the lineage of the family would then be tracked through him. And see, so those are the things. And then the blessing from Isaac over his life, that was something that the father would come and, and bless his son. It was irrevocable. Once the blessing was pronounced, you couldn't retract it. Couldn't retract it. It was like a sealed deal. And this was going to go to Esau. But Jacob wanted it. He wanted that inheritance. And he also wanted, he wanted the inheritance and he wanted the blessing from his father. Because you can get the inheritance, but if you don't get the blessing, then you don't get the inheritance. The two have to go together. And so what happened was, Jacob, in collusion with his mama, we, makes the stew, and when Esau comes back from hunting, says to him, Esau has got no food, and he's really hungry. So Jacob says to him, sell me the birthright. I want the inheritance, and I'll give you my stew. And so Jacob, this conniving, thieving, stealing, lying individual, and so Esau says, well, see, Esau understands, but well, I can give it to him, but I'm going to get the blessing. And if I get the blessing, I'm going to get the inheritance anyway, so it's no big deal. Yeah, give me the food. And so he gets inheritance. But now we see that Jacob is going to get that blessing. And so he, he makes this scheme up where, with, in collusion with Mama, that is, he takes some skin because Esau was hairy and, and he was smooth. And so he puts the skin on his arm so it feels hairy. And he goes into his father, Isaac, who's blind as a bat. And so he goes in there and he, and he can fake it because Isaac can't see who this is. And so Isaac says, hmm, this voice sounds like Jacob. Come close to me. Feels the arm. But this is... This, the arm feels like Esau. 
And so he gives the blessing. Now listen to me. He steals the blessing from Esau. And so now Jacob, in essence, it's, you cannot retract this. What was spoken by his father over his life cannot be retracted. Once it's given, you cannot take it back and then give it to somebody else. It was a done deal, Pastor Dick. This thing was settled. It was done. And so when Esau comes in to his daddy and he says, I've hunted, I've got some game, I've cooked the food, I'm ready for you to eat it and to give me the blessing. The Bible tells me at that moment in time in Genesis 27, 33 through 35, that Isaac trembled violently. Whoa! What's happened? And this is what the Bible says. Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just as before you came, and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. When Esau heard the words of his father, he burst out with a loud, bitter cry, and he said to his father, Bless me! Bless me too, my father! And he said, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Wow. So Esau says, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill Jacob. I'm going to kill him. This guy's done, done bad things to me. I'm going to kill him. So mama hears this and says to Jacob, you better get out of Dodge. Rebecca goes into Isaac and says, send Jacob away. And, uh, and here comes the third part, see? There's, there's three parts to what's going on in this very complex story. So Jacob has got the inheritance. He's got the blessing from his dad. But there's one more item that he's going to get. And so Rebecca goes into Isaac and says, Isaac, you better send him to Laban. Let him get a wife from there because we don't want him to get a wife with the people in this area. We, we want him to get a family, uh, a wife from our family. So Isaac brings him in. And so when Isaac brings him in and is about to send him off, he's going to lay hands on him and he's going to give to him the Abrahamic covenant. This covenant that was made with God and Abraham, and you can read about this in Genesis 17, it is an amazing covenant that God says, I'm going to do this and nothing is going to change my mind. It's a done thing. This covenant is, is done. And so it's been passed from Abraham it was passed on to Isaac. 
And Isaac saw the benefits of that covenant in and through his life. It was amazing. He went from virtually nothing to, to a very wealthy man because of this Abrahamic covenant. And so before Jacob gets sent away to Uncle Laban, we see that Isaac calls him in and then lays hands on him and prays this prayer. Let me read it to you. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham so that you may take possession of the land where you now live as an alien, the land that God gave to Abraham. Wow. It's like, it's like you're walking along the sidewalk and you look down, you see a piece of paper and somebody has dropped a lotto ticket. And you pick that lotto ticket up. Ooh. And you wait until the draw and it's got the number. And suddenly you go from nothing to being a multimillionaire. That's the best way possible I can say what just happened to Jacob. He got this amazing, amazing covenant blessing on his life. He goes, he leaves, and we, we know the story. He, he goes to sleep. He wakes up. Well, in, in the nighttime, he has this dream, and he dreams of this ladder going up to heaven and angels ascending and descending, and at the top of the ladder stood the Lord God himself. And in the dream, this is what the dream, the Lord speaks to, to Jacob. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac, and I will give you your descendants, the land that you are lying, where you are lying, and I am with you, and I will watch over you wherever you go. This is God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. This is almighty God who made all the constellations. You can't even count them. There's so billions of galaxies out there. And that same God who spoke all of this into being is now concentrating down on this one individual and saying to him, I am the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you your descendants this land. I am with you. How many would feel emboldened that God himself is walking with you? What's there to doubt? What's there to be complaining about? No air conditioning. No heating. Those are things we get caught up in. But yeah, listen to this. God is with this man. And I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you. Listen to this. This is in the dream. I will not leave you until I perform all that I have said. Man. Now, this is a good place to stop and ask the question, is this greasy grace 
this lying, deceiving, no gooder, getting so blessed? Did God just wink at what he's just done? How do we deal? How does God deal with his people when they get caught in lust, anger, backbiting, certain sins? You know, we can go through a litany of it. We don't need to. But how does God deal with us? How does he deal with this Jacob in this situation? Well, number one, let me just say this. That the Abrahamic covenant, God is a covenant maker and a covenant keeper. The covenant had nothing to do with Jacob. It had everything to do with Abraham and God. So the covenant is a done deal. So Jacob's behavior, for instance, doesn't alter the covenant. His behavior good doesn't add to it, and his behavior bad doesn't remove from the Abrahamic covenant. Does it make sense? And so this covenant that was pronounced on him, this third issue that was pronounced over him, was not, he was not concerned about how and what he has just done. The fact is, it was going to go to the person who got the blessing from the father. Now, Jacob got it deceitfully, so we're going to have to look at this. But the Abrahamic covenant was given and cannot be changed until God performs it. And so, so you've got this. And so I'm going to show you a couple of things what takes place. Because sometimes we think that we see people who get caught in a sin and, and yet they, they're standing in, in the presence of the Lord and they seem to be so blessed out of their socks. And yet you know. You know. There's a lot going on. How does God deal with this? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you a New Testament verse of Scripture, which is known as, you know, it's known as a universal verse of Scripture. And um, it's one that scares me, actually. And uh, I'm not scared easily, but this one scares me. And uh, even under the New Covenant, this verse scares me. And it's Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. Because it says, the scriptures tell us that God is not mocked. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man shall sow, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, then you're going to get judgment. If you sow to the Spirit, you're going to get life. So, so now, listen, folks. Years and years ago, I've understood this verse because I've experienced it so many times. I've experienced, you know, maybe, I, I'm not going to try to give you an actual one because I want you to think I'm nice. I'm not going to give you a proper sin that I've committed, but... But let's just say, let's just say I spoke bad about you. And then somebody speaks bad about me, and I think to myself, why, why, 
did they say that? Why did they say that about me? Well, because you sowed it. See, sowing and reaping is a universal law. Whether you're a Christian or you're a non-Christian, it doesn't matter. If you plant corn, you're not going to get tomatoes. Whatever you plant, you're going to reap more. And so when we take a look at Jacob and we see this lousy, conniving, conniving, stealing individual, now we, we, can, we can butter this thing up and say, well, he, he loved the things of God more than Esau, so he deserved to cheat and get it. I've never seen God give anybody who cheats something good. Does it make sense? And so we, we, we see this scripture. So, so when you follow the life of, of Jacob, when he leaves, number one, Esau has said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill him. At the moment that Jacob heard that statement from his mom, his mom said to him, hey, I heard that Esau's going to kill you. Boom, right into the heart, fear gripped him. And the Bible tells me that fear has torment. So fear has gripped this man and will stay with Jacob for the next 20 years. This man is going to be gripped by a deep-seated fear in his heart. So don't tell me. So when you take a look at Jacob, who's got this, this covenant blessing upon his life, that what he has done, there's no consequence. Because God says, no, 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 you don't understand. When you, when you sow seed, this is what comes out of the ground. And so we take a look at Jacob. He's sown all of the stuff with his brother. He's lying and cheating and with his daddy. And so now we suddenly see him moving off. He's not going, walking down the road going, whoa, I've got... I sure pulled the wool over their eyes and now I've got everything. I'm a good, happy guy. No, the guy has got such a deep-seated fear in his heart. He's tormented. And then when he gets to Laban and he finds Richelli, her name's really Rachel, but I love Richelli. It sounds like Italian girl, you know. But he loves Richelli. But he's got to work seven years. Now watch this. Look, look, look what's going on with, with Jacob. You think he's free? You, you, you think the things that he's done, there's no consequence? So for seven years he's working to get Richelli to be his wife. And then on the wedding night, the father sends in Leah. Ugly Leah. Wakes up in the morning. Who are you? I've been calling you Rachel all night. I love you, Rachel, and you, Leah. Well, you've got to work another seven years. Now that's 14 years he has to work. And then the Bible tells me that his salary was changed by Laban 10 times. Hey, father in law. Uh, I thought I was getting 5,000. 5,000? No, 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 500. <laughs> so he's got, 
He's got 20 years that his salary has changed 10 times every two years. <laughs> He's reaping. He's reaping. He's reaping. And then the, the animals that he is getting, Laban keeps taking the livestock as his own. I, I mean, so, so you, you've just got to understand when we, 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 we talk about, you know, how, how does God deal with us? Well, this universal law applies to all of us sitting in the house today. There's not one single person here that that law doesn't apply to. That's why I guard my heart. And so, so if, if, I, if I feel something against somebody, I, I go to my wife, I say, do you think I should go deal with this? You know, I, I don't have any bones to pick with anybody. I'm actually happy. Well, there are a few people, actually. <laughs> so so we, we, we've got this that, that God is working in our hearts. Now, let me say this to you, that you might be thinking right now, goodness sakes, I've, <laughs> I've got a whole, you know, 10 acres full of bad seed out there. Well, let me, t let me give you the good news real quick, and then we're going to move on. <laughs> Repentance is the greatest weed killer that there is. You may have sown bad seed, but the moment that you feel convicted and you repent, God just starts killing off those weeds. Repentance is the greatest weed killer. So, and, and so the devil doesn't want that to happen. So that's why when, when you feel like you should make things right, you just, oh, I, I, you go through all the motions, I don't want to do this. But it's the best thing for you because it's actually killing the things that are going to harm you more as you go along. See, and so it's, it's, it's that. And, and then the second thing that I want to say real quick, and then I want to get into, into uh, the New Testament. What I do want to say is that there's a rendezvous with God. We think that, well, this happened 20 years ago. 20 years have come and gone, and, and it, it doesn't seem like these issues are dealt with. No, 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 no. Time is nothing to God. He waits for the right opportunity. And so now as he's running from Laban, and that's another thing because fear's gripped his heart. He's not saying goodbye. He's grabbed his wives. He's grabbed all of his animals, all of the people that work for him, and he's hightailing it out three days before Laban even understands he's gone. All of these things, he's an undealt with man, and yet over him continues this amazing Abrahamic covenant that God is with him all the way, blessing him from the left side and to the right side and every the front side and the back side. And sometimes we can look at that and say, how can God bless people who are in a place where they shouldn't be blessed? It's because God has made a covenant for us through Jesus Christ that has blessed us from every source, every place. We are blessed out of our socks. It's amazing how God has blessed us in Christ. I'm going to show you some of those things today. How he plans to keep us and look after us. And these things are so amazing. But yet there's this rendezvous. There will be moments in time that we meet with God. Just like Jacob. Jacob met with God. And he wrestles all night. He crosses the Jabbok and he's there by himself. And he starts this wrestling match with this person who could be an angel, an epiphany of Christ, it's God. 
But there's a wrestle that's going on. And at the break of day, the angel says to him, I gotta go. And Jacob says, you won't. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. Well, he's already been blessed. But see, in Jacob's heart, there's this condemnation the way he's been. And so God touches him. And the guy says to him, well, what is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. You see, in that realization, what Jacob was saying is, I'm a thief, I'm a crook, I'm a cheat. I've done things that are not good. In my name, I'm a heel catcher. If you give me half a minute, I'm going to snake that money away from you. That's who I was. That's my name. And the man says, I'm giving you a new name. At this meeting with God, I'm doing something different. I'm doing something so amazing. And he says, I'm going to call you Israel. One who prevails. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? One who prevails. And so now this, this guy, he's still going to meet his brother. 20 years later, he hears that Esau is coming with 400 men. And that old fear wants to grip him. And that's what this whole story is about. But God meets him and this man's life is changed. He is changed. And so when he meets, when he meets Esau, we know the story and you can read this in Genesis 33 at some time. We, there's two verses. It's a play on words in the King James. I love the King James because it gives you this play on English words. Because in 33 verse 9, Jacob has sent all these animals and these gifts to Esau. And Esau comes and says, what are, what are these animals? He says, ah, I just want to give you a gift, you know. And he says, well, and then, then Esau makes the statement, no, you should keep all of these because I've got, every, I've got enough. So he uses this, the English translation on the Hebrew is this word enough. But when you take a look at the Hebrew word, it literally means excessive. And so when, when Jacob meets Esau, Esau says, what are these few animals you, you're giving to me? Listen, if you take a look, I, I, I got to show you my wealth. I've got excessive wealth. I've got animals and I've got people who work for me in the hundreds. I've got, I've got all of these things. I've got land. And, and Esau is saying, no, I, I've, I've got enough, Jacob. No, and Jacob says, no, 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 keep it. And then Jacob makes his own statement to him and says, no, you keep those things because I too have enough. Now, when you go to the Hebrew on that word, what Jacob says, I've got it all. You've got excessive. And that's true. But when you meet with God, you get it all. When you walk with the Lord, you've got it all. When you walk with Christ, you've got all things. And the scriptures go on and on. We have received all things pertaining to life and godliness. He hasn't left anything out. So when you get right with God, you are walking in that which is not just excessive. People who are blessed and oh, look how good they are. No, when you make good with God, 
You get all things. You're walking in the power of God. You're walking in the strength of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the life of God, the, 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 the healing of God. Everything that is God. He says, I will be God to you. Wow. You get everything. So when we're walking with the Lord today. Okay, so that's part one. There's seven parts. See, God deals with his children as the most loving heavenly father. And he will say to you, like Romans chapter 6 verse 1, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And, and, and Paul writes, no, God forbid, don't, don't go there. He's not just saying don't sin, but he's, he tells you, don't, don't go there. And he tells you the why. You know, where we live in France, it's a little town called Sessi in France. And... Uh, Five minutes from us, there's this, it's, it's a big old hill, and um, we like going up there with our dog, and uh, there's a farmer who, who probably rents the land, and it's, it's a walkway for people to, to go up and down, and, uh, and there's a lot of cows with bells, and so Nolene being the romantic that she is, I, 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 think, I think a cow with a bell is the most irritating thing under the sun. Can you imagine how demented those cows are? Every time they go eat, they get this dung, 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 and she says, oh, isn't that romantic? And she's taking videos of these cows, and I'm just going like, oh, yeah, 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 let's just eat them and get out of here. <clears throat> but, but on Cow Mountain, that's, what, that's our term for this Moreau Hill, we call it Cow Mountain, there's a lot of cow patties all over over the place. And so you have to watch where you walk. And you see, when, when God says, don't sin, it, it's, like, it's like the person who, who says, I want to go back to Cow Mountain because I saw some fresh patties and I just want to go play in it. And so you go up the mountain, you pick this up. And, he's, and, and, and so God is, as a loving Henry Father, says, no, this is not good for you. And so you, oh, no, 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 I just, want, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time with this cow patty. Oh, this is soft. This is definitely today's patty, you know. <laughs> this cow just pooped us. This is a really nice piece of poop. Nolene, come have a look at this. And, and I've got all of my hands. And, and our dog, our dog, you know, every now and then we'll take him up there. We have to watch him because sometimes he prefers the smell of, cow poop than he does the shampoo that we, we wash him with. And, and so he likes to roll in this stuff. And, uh, and, and so can you imagine? See, that's what sin is. And, and the devil wraps all of his garbage in, in the most beautiful wrapping paper, trying to get you into opening the stuff up and living it. And, and God says, no, 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 it's, it's going to harden your heart. Hebrews chapter 3, 12 and 13. It's not good for you. It's going to harden your heart. So then how does God then work with us? And so I've got a list. I had a list of like 30 things that we get when you come to Jesus. And I'm going to close on this, on these thoughts. I've, not 30, but I've just taken out three or four or five or 12 and um, 15, 30, 60. Okay. But look at the things that you receive. Number one, 
the thing that God says here is in John chapter 17, there are many things that we receive. In John chapter 17, Jesus prays to his father in verse 15, and he says, Father, now let me ask you a quick question. How many of you believe here today that if Jesus prays to his father, that he is so holy that actually his prayer is going to get answered? Let me see your hands. How many of you don't believe that Jesus' prayers ever get answered? Put your hands up. Some of you got no arms. You didn't put your hands up? Okay. How many believe that the prayer is going to get answered? Okay. We all, we all believe that. See? And so here is Jesus. So, so when you come to Jesus, listen to me. Listen to me. This is part of the covenant that you are under. We are under this most amazing covenant. And part of the covenant is that Jesus prays as a father, protect them from the evil one. And so every day of your life, the Holy Spirit is going ahead of you to protect you from every attack of the devil. The one thing that we get in covenant is this amazing protection that God himself is going before you. He's surrounding your kids when they go to school. Some of you are so panic-stricken with your kids going off to school that what they're going to get, what they're going to, is someone going to influence them? Is something going to change with them? Listen, we've got to come back to the Scripture that God says, no, that's my child too. And I've got this promise. I've made a prayer that's been answered that I will protect you from every attack. And that's what we've got. This is what we should be preaching, teaching, and building into every single one of our children's lives. That God will protect them wherever they go. Number two, Jeremiah 32 verse 40. This is a new covenant chapter. And he, he says, I will put my fear into your heart that you will not depart from me. Well, what does that mean? To be afraid of God that I won't depart. No, the fear there is such a reverence. He says, when you come to me, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my, uh, such a reverence in your heart for the things of God. Where before you might like to go to the pub and go get you know, smashed and you know, whatever the case might be. But suddenly when you come to Jesus, that thing, you've got no taste for it anymore. Something is going on because he's putting something inside of you. It's a reverence for the word. It's a reverence for him. It's something that is suddenly there. You wake up one morning and say, well, no, I, I don't want to use that kind of language anymore. What is it? It's God. He said, I'm going to put my fear in you. A reverence for the things of God. So when we come into the house, we say, this is the house of God and we respect it. Not because we've got to be silent like in some places you just, you, you go into that place and it's so silent. No, 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 no. There's a reverence for God. There's a reverence for your spouse. There's a reverence for people. There's something that goes inside you and that fear, that reverence is how we treat people so we don't have to suffer with Galatians 6 verses 7 and 8 because we're only sowing good seed. Does that make sense? And so he says, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to put my fear within you. And then when you get to Ezekiel chapter 36, which is also a new covenant chapter in the book of Ezekiel, he says, but there's so much more I'm going to do. Actually, I'm going to put my spirit, I'm going to take out that stony heart. I'm going to put a heart of flesh inside of you. And by the way, I'm going to put my spirit within you. 
And so every single day I'm waking up in the morning and I, you've seen me do this so many times. I wake up in the morning and when I, my, my, my peepers open up because I'm a morning person, I'm not a night owl. I'm, I like to get up 4.30 in the morning. I wake up and the first thing I recognize is inside of me, I say, good morning, Jesus. He says, good morning. I say, how did you sleep? He says, oh, no, you, you got it wrong. You slept. I'm the God that neither sleeps or slumbers. What happened last night, Lord? I was protecting you. I'm with you. See? And so he says, I'm, I'm going to put my spirit within you so that wherever you walk, wherever you go, sometimes we don't believe this. We think that we, we come to church and we leave God here and we go back on our own way. No, wherever you go, you're taking God with you. He's traveling with you. He's in you. He says, I'm going to put my spirit within you. And then he, he does something else. He says, and I'm going to put my law within your heart. Now we can start saying, God, I love the law. Before, the law was an, an awful thing because I had to keep it to try to get to him. But Jesus has changed all of that. He's finished this work and so that we can now go back to the same law that once condemned us. Now we can go back and say, I love the law of the Lord because he's put it in my heart. I love to read the scriptures. When we open it up, I love it because he's going to speak to us. Two more scriptures and I'm done. Luke 15, I will leave the 90 and 9 and go and find the one. Now, folks, we've got family members that are, you know, our extended family that are not walking with the Lord anymore. You know people, you may be related to people that aren't walking with the Lord anymore. You see, and it, and it can concern us. It concerns us. Not only it's just been you know, somewhere, I can't say because this is going out. And, uh, but we all have family members that we, we need to be praying for. And, and sometimes I th we think that it all rests on me and my prayers to get my, my family through. And it's, it's on me to be so committed to God that they get, come back to the Lord. And see, some of you are out there with that kind of a, a dread and a fear that my, my, my children or my aunts or my uncles are just kind of like drifting away and, and I'm concerned. And Am I not praying enough? God says, no, you've got this wrong. I'm the great shepherd. And I go after those that have gone astray. And right now, this very moment, you need to say, God, thank you, and in your heart say that you are going after my do, 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 do. Because that's a promise of the new covenant that he's given to us that we live in. So I can trust my God. I can, I can serve him. Yes, I don't stop praying. I remember it was like three o'clock in the morning. I woke up this, and this is when I was first saved. And I got up, and I, I, and I had such a burden for my mama and my dad. They kicked me out of the house when I got saved because I would always tell them, turn or burn. You, you're going to go to hell you know, you keep going the way you're going, Dad. You're going to go to hell. And I used to kind of accentuate all this fire and brimstone. And then eventually he said, my mom said, honey, you, you give me such headaches. I said, listen, headaches? <laughs> hell. 
is more than a headache. Eventually they said, you've you, you got to leave. You, it's, it's, you're too, too strong. It's just too much for us. And so I remember this one time I got on my knees. I woke up and I had this burden to pray and I got on my knees and I started praying for my mother and my father. And the Lord just said, I've heard the prayer. The burden lifted. It didn't mean that I didn't you know, continue to pray for them. But God had heard the prayer. God had heard it. And just before they passed on, Noli and I were at the house. They were sickly. They sat on the side of the bed. And I, I knelt down before them. And I took their hands and led them to Jesus Christ. God is faithful. And he will go after our loved ones. Amen? All right. Lastly, and this is the last I'm closing on, is 1 John 1 and 8 and 9. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The truth of the matter is, is we all stumble, folks. We all come short. And if we say we don't, we're a liar. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to cleanse us. This is the promise of the new covenant. Jacob lived under the Abrahamic covenant and he was blessed and God dealt with him. We under the new covenant have Christ in us. And we meet with him. He rendezvoused that one time. We rendezvous with him every day. Amen? Is this good? Well, that was not the very best. Was this good? Stand with me, please. Come on. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.